Let's take 10 and talk about inflation for a moment. Um, I think it's a subject matter that's actually very difficult for people to understand, but we hear about it a lot. What's your take on inflation right now? So inflation at its core is uh, it's an incredibly important thing to understand when it comes to investing, because, you know, basically, if you don't plan for it, you could run out of money. Because essentially what we're talking about is over time price levels rising, eroding your purchasing power. So at the end of the day, a year or two, 10 from now, that same dollar isn't going to go as far. When you go to the grocery store, you go to put gas in your car. And ultimately, if you don't plan for that, if you don't grow your portfolio to offset that, then you're going to be in big trouble over the long term. I think that's probably why a lot of people are afraid of uh, traditional fixed income right now. Right. If you lock in a bond at, say, 2% and all of a sudden we've got pretty serious inflation and now that 2% just isn't getting you where you need to be, uh, that can put people in a very precarious situation. Let alone what happens when inflation does rear its ugly head. The way to combat that is by uh, raising uh, interest rates and ultimately eroding the value of those bonds. So what is at the core of, of what's driving the inflationary pressures that we're seeing today? I think it's a, a chain reaction, actually, what's going on. So you've got an economy that's recovering coming out of COVID, right? And, and that's basically from vaccines, opening things back up. People are getting back out there, spending money again, right? We're starting to see the, the wheels of the economy start to turn again. Um, you've got a year's worth of pent-up demand. Absolutely. Right? We feel like we lost out on a year. And then you sprinkle in some stimulus or a lot of stimulus. Um, and that's going to lead to more money chasing the same amount of goods, which is basically the definition of inflation. Right. Yeah. And one of the other things to think about, or at least the way that I like to think about it, is it's really the velocity of money as it travels through the economy. So last year, everything shut down. You basically had that dollar stopped flowing from one person to another, not because people didn't want to spend, it's because they couldn't. They couldn't go to restaurants, they couldn't go to movie theaters. And now you're starting to see the velocity tick up. Additionally, you need to think about inflation as it doesn't hit every segment of our society the same way. Ultimately, the lower rungs of the socioeconomic ladder are hit the hardest by inflation. Those are the folks that when they get that dollar, that extra dollar in their pocket, they are 99.9 to 105% likely to go ahead and spend that extra dollar. That's really what we're seeing right now that is driving an increase in commerce and things like clothing and shoes and things like that it's that it's really interesting because you don't really think of inflation as hurting the people at the the lower end of the income spectrum you're right that's who it affects the most right if all of a sudden it costs me a hundred dollars to fill my tank of gas instead of 80 right you know someone who's making 250 a year it's not that big of a deal like you don't really notice that extra additional cost but somebody who's on a very fixed income um, or maybe making minimum wage or, you know, just above that, that's a huge increase in expense. And so when we talk about the stimulus, because I think really we agree that that's one of the main drivers for the inflationary environment that we're likely going to be entering. Um, we're talking about $5 trillion worth of money that With has been shoved into the economy and Ultimately, a lot of those jobs, you know, that we were trying to basically fill the gap with this this helicopter money, those jobs have come back. Now, unfortunately, eight million of them still haven't, and some of those jobs maybe never will. 
And so ultimately, this inflation is playing into this sort of K-shaped recovery where right. the haves have more, the have-nots have less, and it's going to get even more challenging for those. It's not just the $5 trillion that's already been infused, but the other $4 trillion that's in the pipeline, right? And I think what maybe the Republicans haven't done a good enough job of explaining, not to get political because we're not trying to do that on this podcast, um, but when, when you have... Uh, the type of money being infused into the system, someone has to pay for it, right? You can't just print the money. It, it's it's got to be paid for, and you typically do that through raising taxes. Um, and Biden administration's already talking about raising taxes. We're going to spend some more time on this in another segment, but raising taxes on corporations from 21 to 28%, which is a pretty significant increase, right? And, you know, I've been talking to people a lot about this. It's, you know, companies don't like to make less money. You know, you can't be the CEO of a corporation, walk into the boardroom, uh, you know, for your quarterly review and say, hey, you know what, guys, uh, we got an issue. We're going to make less money this quarter. They raised taxes or minimum wage went up to $15. Um, you know, oh, well, you wouldn't be a CEO very long, right? What corporations tend to do is they take that additional cost and they pass it on to the consumer, right? Cost of goods and services go up. Literally the definition of inflation, mm -hmm. right? And again, affecting those lower rung income earners um, in the most significant way. And I think that's really the place that we're in right now where um, I think inflation is really on the horizon because if these tax increases do take place, I mean, you're going to see those costs get passed through. Now, we need to look at inflation in terms of what we're really talking about versus historical norms. We've been living in a world where inflation hasn't been an issue whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been running at something like 1.6%, and there's sort of this long-term target of, of three. The Fed has been operating off of a, of a moving average target. They kind of changed their tune very recently and basically said, we're going to allow the economy to run hotter longer so that we can get a little bit farther ahead in terms of our growth before we have to start curtailing that growth. And hopefully we bring more people into these, this economic expansion that's happening. Now, the, the question is, is that possible? Can we allow it to run hotter longer and not have long-lasting effects from that in terms of significantly higher interest rates in the future? I think, to your point, a lot of people, when they think of inflation, they think to Jimmy Carter inflation, which neither of us were around during that, that time period. But I have a lot of clients who like to talk about their first home that they bought. They're paying 15 17% for their mortgage. Now, Granted, savings accounts were also double digits um, at that point in time. I don't think that's where we're headed or what we're necessarily talking about. Um, if you have inflation hit three, that's literally a 100% increase from where it's been, right? Because the, the percentages now are so small, these just what seem like little increases are actually very big increases. And at some point, you know, we, we know that the Fed... Um, to slow down an economy typically raises rates, right? We talked about how it's going to affect what you invest in. Um, if rates go up a point or a point and a half, uh, what does that do to traditional fixed income? 
I mean, it's going to be devastating for traditional fixed income, especially long-term bonds. Um, essentially, the value of those long-term bonds moves opposite of, of interest rates. Interest rates rise, those values are going to come down. I mean, and that's why when you look to research houses like BlackRock, they're anticipating essentially a zero return out of the U.S. aggregate bond index over the next five years. And the basis for that claim is the simple fact that interest rates are going to rise subtly even, and that's going to erode the interest, the nominal rate of interest that you're getting. The other thing to think about, though, is, is all assets, so stocks, real estate, things like that. What we're really doing when we put a value on them is looking at the discounted future cash flow from that investment. The discount rate is the underlying interest rate environment. When interest rates are really, really low, asset prices get really, really high. Thus, kind of that inflation well, right. we've been I'm, talking about. Stock market's trading at the highest level it's traded at since the dot-com bubble, right? Yeah. So, I mean, what's going to happen to all of those other asset values when you start to see rates, rates rise? It really, you need to look at it from such low levels. You know, when we were talking about going from a 5% cap rate on a piece of real estate to a 6, that was harmful, but not incredibly detrimental. When you're talking about going from a 4% cap rate to a 6% cap rate, I mean, that's going to move the needle quite a bit in terms of value. I mean, I could cut your value in half pretty quick. Mm -hmm. I, I think too, you know, the, um, when we look at the stock market, I, I'm glad you brought that up. So forward-looking PEs are trading at about a 22 which ha we haven't seen since the early 2000s. And part of the reason why the market's trading so high is because companies can borrow at almost nothing, right? Like money is basically free right now to borrow. Um, so what happens when it gets more expensive, that cost of borrow starts to increase. I think you're gonna start to see those PEs come back down, right? And you're gonna start to see companies trade at lower multiples. I mean, that's going to drastically affect people's portfolios. So you've got your equities not looking great, for the future. You've got your fixed income not looking great for the future. Where do we go? I mean, that's ultimately the golden question. And that's, you know, fortunately, that's why we are employed at this point. It's to have these conversations and look at how we can constru uh, construct a portfolio that A, keeps our clients emotionally grounded, mm -hmm. but B, allows us the long-term successes that allow them to do what they want to do. Um, and I think that's going to be yet another conversation for another day. Yeah, let's end with this. I think uh, I, I think we both agree that inflation is going to come around at some point, but doesn't necessarily have to be today or tomorrow or a year from now. This thing could keep going for a while, but it is something that we want to be cognizant of, thinking about, and preparing for.